Connection Written by Appleseeds Read by Literarian Gorilla Scale 86 and The Lord of La Mancha Chapter 11 Households Summary Crowley hears the news about a possible forthcoming second lockdown and Harriet wants to talk to him about the changes in Warlock's behavior. October 2020 Crowley had dropped Warlock off at school and then gone back to pick up his click-and-collect order from Sainsbury's. He'd made the mistake of switching the radio on in the car on the way back to the Dowlings. Cases of coronavirus were going up, and there were murmurings of another full lockdown. What if the government closed the schools again after half-term? Even if that didn't happen, what was guaranteed to happen was a restoration of the requirement for two meters of distance between people from different households. No more hand-holding. No more opportunities to enjoy one of Aziraphale's outrageously thorough and attentive foot rubs. Just more distance, with no way of knowing how long it could go on for. Crowley slammed the car door shut and opened the boot. In his state of misery-induced lethargy, he didn't think he could face making more than one trip to and from the house, so he awkwardly managed to carry all of the shopping bags inside in one go. He dropped them down onto the breakfast bar in the kitchen, huffed out a long breath, rolled his shoulders and stretched. Just keep going, one day at a time. Hi, Crowley. Harriet greeted him brightly, stepping into the kitchen and heading over to the counter to fill up the coffee pot. Crowley was feeling too down for her cheerfulness to be infectious. Hey, you okay? He asked, more by way of polite greeting than anything else. Yes, good, thank you. Do you have a minute? I wanted to talk to you about something. Sure. Crowley put the milk he'd extracted from one of the shopping bags into the fridge and then gave Harriet his full attention, praying it wouldn't be anything bad. He couldn't take any more bad news today. Have you noticed Warlock acting a bit differently recently? Oh God, what if there is something wrong with him? I should have talked to him. Crowley's heart started beating harder, and he rested one hand on the counter beside him for support. Yeah, I have, he replied uncertainly, trying to stay calm. It was foolish to worry, he'd been watching carefully for any signs that something might be wrong with Warlock, so he took a breath and tried to reassure himself, and found that he felt the need to reassure Harriet as well. He seems fine, though. I've been keeping quite a close eye on him. Oh, I know. It's okay, honey. Crowley's anxiety must have shown, because Harriet placed her hand reassuringly on his arm. I just think he's becoming a bit more... 
independent now. I'm sure we have you to thank for that. I didn't do anything. Tad and I both know how much you've done for him, Crowley. Please don't think it's not appreciated. Thanks, Harriet. Feeling a little awkward, Crowley stepped back over to the breakfast bar and pulled a few tins of soup from one of the bags, balancing them one on top of the other before stowing them safely away in the proper cupboard. Tad and I have been talking. Warlock's grown up a lot these past couple months, and we think maybe he doesn't need you to be here all the time now. Crowley's heart stuttered and his stomach lurched violently. Are you saying you don't want me to be his nanny anymore? Oh no, honey, no, of course not. I don't know what any of us would do without you. I just mean that I don't think you need to be here overnight now. We were wondering whether you might be happier if you had your own space. You know, Tad has access to that flat near the embassy, right? Obviously, he's not using it right now, and they're talking about everyone staying working from home until all this is over. And I don't think that's going to be any time soon, do you? It's not looking like it, no. So we thought maybe you'd like to live there instead of here? Harriet suggested with a sweet smile on her face. Crowley looked at her quizzically. I know it would only be temporary, but it would mean you'd have a different address. You wouldn't be part of our household anymore. You'd just come here for work. What she was saying finally dawned on Crowley. He grabbed the edge of the breakfast bar and brought his other hand up to cover his mouth, his heart now absolutely racing in his chest and his eyes stinging as a film of tears spread across the surface of them. I don't know what Aziraphale's situation is, honey, but I thought maybe you two could... Harriet began and then sighed. This situation is bad enough, and you deserve to be happy, Crowley. It's obvious how happy he makes you. I know you love him. You two should be together. Crowley couldn't speak. He pressed his hand harder to his face and squeezed his eyes closed as he started to cry. Harriet crossed the room and enclosed him in a gentle embrace. Thank you. Crowley sobbed against Harriet's shoulder. You're welcome, sweetie. We all love you very much, you know. I'll go and sort the keys out from Tad right away, okay? The flat was, of course, fully furnished and ready to move into, so there was very little for Crowley to do. He spent the day moving over his relatively few belongings and changing his address in all of the key places to make it official. He then sat on the sofa in his new flat and read through the rules about support bubbles on his phone. The whole thing was pretty stupid, really. He'd still see Tad, Harriet and Warlock, but it was permitted under the regulations because it involved going into work at a job that couldn't be done from home. He wouldn't be able to see Harriet's mother anymore, not that that was an issue. 
She would surely somehow manage to cope without the option of Crowley's scintillating company. Crowley hadn't even seen her for weeks, since Harriet generally went around to her house or they met outside to go for walks together. The rules stated that anyone wanting to change their support bubble had to wait ten days after seeing the people in their old bubble before seeing anyone from their new bubble. If Aziraphale was willing to go along with this, even if he wanted, say, to see Tracy one last time tomorrow, they would still only have to wait eleven days before they could actually be together. Please say yes. Please, please, please say yes. Crowley closed the government website and switched over to his messages. Can we meet after dinner tonight? Of course. Is everything all right? Yeah, everything's fine. Just want to talk to you about something in person. Usual place, 7 p.m.? Perfect. See you there, Angel. X. That evening, back at the Dowlings, Crowley knocked on Warlock's bedroom door before heading out to meet Aziraphale at St. James's Park. Warlock didn't shout for him to come in, but instead approached the door and just opened it very slightly, wedging himself in the gap between the door and the frame, not permitting Crowley to enter his private sanctum. What do you want? You did it on purpose, didn't you? Crowley asked, narrowing his eyes suspiciously. I didn't do anything. Warlock defended. No, I know. I'm not accusing you of anything. I just mean... Did your mum talk to you? About me moving out? Warlock shrugged. Maybe. That's why you've been acting weird, isn't it? So she'd decide you didn't need me around so much. I'm twelve now. I can look after myself. Yeah, I know you can. Thanks, anyway. I do appreciate it, you know. Crowley held his hand out, and Warlock shook it, somewhat skeptically. Whatever. It's not a big deal. I'll still be here in the day, and if you ever want me any other time, just call me, okay? Warlock shrugged. You gonna actually see Aziraphale now? I hope so. I need to talk to him about it. You haven't told him yet? You're hopeless. Oh, well, thank you for that. Look, it's not as simple as it sounds. Aziraphale is in a support bubble with his friend. He can't just instantly leave that. He might not even want to. Nah, I did all those classes with him, remember? So I know he's not an idiot. Unlike some people. Crowley laughed fondly. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. I promise I'll let you know how it works out. Warlock nodded, and Crowley turned away to leave him in peace. Hey, Crowley? 
Crowley looked back over his shoulder. Am I the best wingman ever or what? Oh, Jesus Christ, help us. You actually are. Warlock pumped the air with his fist and Crowley grinned at him before walking away along the landing. I'm already working on my Christmas list. Warlock called after him. And I think I've been very good this year. You've got my email address. Crowley shot back before he disappeared down the stairs. Crowley stared at the rippling reflections of the yellowing trees on the surface of the duck pond. He wouldn't keep glancing over his shoulder, not this time. His heart was racing and he felt like he was about to vibrate out of his skin. He wished he could have held on to the railings in front of him for support, but like most people, he had by now developed a considerable aversion to touching anything in public places. Ten days. Maybe. Please say yes. Oh, please, please say yes. Hello, Crowley. Aziraphale's gentle voice materialized at his side, and Crowley jolted involuntarily. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. Is everything all right? Aziraphale stood a meter away, but had his hand stretched out towards him, and Crowley knew that, had he been able to, Aziraphale would have stepped closer and tenderly placed his hand on his arm or on the small of his back to help settle him after startling him. He wanted that so badly. He wanted all of it. He just wanted to actually be with him. Please say yes. Yeah. Fine, thanks. Sorry. Just needed to talk to you. Has something happened? The lines across Aziraphale's forehead deepened, and Crowley was desperate to put his mind at ease. It's okay. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. I hope you do too. Please say yes. No. Well, yeah. Nothing bad. Everything's fine. Aziraphale visibly relaxed a little, but what Crowley could see of his expression still conveyed concern. I'm relieved to hear that. Sorry, I didn't mean to worry you. Crowley, you're trembling. Crowley lifted his palms and looked down at them, and fuck, Aziraphale was right. He was literally shaking. He clasped his hands together and inhaled deeply. I'm just nervous. I'm fine. It's just... Right, well, you know I've told you that Warlock's been acting differently these past couple of months. Like all sensible and mature and stuff. Yes. Is he all right? He's fine. Anyway, obviously Tad and Harriet noticed it too. So Harriet had a word with me about Warlock maybe not needing a live-in nanny anymore. Oh, 
cruelly. No, it's okay, it's okay. It's just... Harriet suggested that I move out of their house. Crowley watched Aziraphale's eyebrows draw together and his eyes glaze with a thin coating of moisture. Oh shit, he probably thinks they fired me. Could have used this time waiting to work out how to explain this in an articulate way, maybe, instead of just staring into the duck pond. It's okay, I didn't lose my job or anything. Crowley took another deep breath. Tad has this flat by the embassy that he's not using right now, and they've let me move into that so that I can, you know, have my own space a bit more. I'll still go to the house every day and do all the stuff I was doing. I just won't be living there anymore. And how do you feel about that? I thought perhaps, especially with everything as it is, you rather enjoyed having the Dowling's company. Crowley tried not to read into the fact that Haziraphale's mind hadn't immediately leapt to where he wanted it to. In fairness, neither had his when Harriet had first suggested the idea. They were so entrenched in this way of living that it wasn't the kind of thing they questioned anymore. You just put your mask on, stayed outside and stayed a meter away because that was just the new normal. I'll still see them every day. Aziraphale... Crowley began softly, reaching out his hand. Aziraphale took it and Crowley rubbed his thumb in circles around Aziraphale's palm. It means I'm officially not part of their household anymore. I'm not in their support bubble. I'd just be seeing them for work, which is allowed. So it means that if I wanted to bubble with someone in a different household, I could. Aziraphale audibly gasped and suddenly squeezed Crowley's hand hard. I've read all the government regulations, Crowley said hurriedly. If you did want to bubble with me, then you wouldn't be able to see Tracy anymore, and that's a lot to ask, I know it is. I don't want to put any pressure on you, Angel, I promise. She's your best friend, I know that. Crowley paused for a moment to breathe. I promise, it's completely okay if you don't want to, okay? I really mean it. But if you did want to bubble with me, we'd only have to wait ten days until we could actually be together. Ten days? Aziraphale croaked. Yeah, like a quarantine, but then we'd be able to do whatever we wanted. No distance, no masks, no restrictions. We could actually be together. I'm supposed to be having dinner with Tracy tomorrow. Okay, that's good. Maybe you could talk to her about it and see how she feels. And have a bit of a think about it yourself. It'd still only be 11 days. To think about it? Crowley, I don't need to think about it. 
Of course I want to be in a bubble with you. Aziraphale squeezed Crowley's hand more tightly, and Crowley's heart absolutely soared. Eleven days. He only had to wait eleven days, and then he'd actually be able to hold Aziraphale in his arms. I only mentioned it because, well, Tracy and I thought it would be best not to see each other too often, what with Mr. Shadwell being a bit older and more vulnerable to the virus. So we've only been meeting for dinner about once a fortnight. Crowley, I haven't seen Tracy for twelve days. Crowley's stomach seemed to jump up into his chest, stopping him from breathing. Oh my god. They locked eyes with each other. Aziraphale was looking at him desperately, imploringly, the tight grip they had on each other's hands bordering on painful, but Crowley barely registered it. You're... you're saying that Technically, we could... Crowley swallowed and sucked in the breath. We could do this right now. I need to talk to Tracy. Aziraphale said frantically, releasing Crowley's hand and rushing away from him. Crowley watched as Aziraphale took out his phone, pressed a few buttons. It was that kind of phone, of course and then held it to his ear, pacing up and down the path. Crowley prayed to a god he wasn't sure he believed in to make a woman he had never met answer her bloody phone as quickly as possible, please. Aziraphale was too far away for Crowley to hear anything he said, but Crowley experienced a rush and pressed his hand to his heart when he saw Aziraphale's mouth moving, indicating that he was talking to someone. He started pacing too, unable to contain his nervous, excited energy. Tracy might say yes. She might just say yes, and then in minutes, mere minutes from now, he might actually be able to hug Aziraphale. Crowley's heart pounded uncomfortably hard and fast against his sternum, his throat dried up, and he even started to feel dizzy. Come on, please, please. Aziraphale lowered his phone from his ear and put it back in his pocket. Crowley's stomach lurched. He desperately wished he could see more of Aziraphale's face. Crowley wrapped his arms around himself as Aziraphale walked back towards him like he was trying to contain himself to stop himself from exploding with nervous energy or simply falling apart. She said yes. Yes, as in... Yes, she's all right with it. She thinks you and I should form a bubble. She was very supportive of the idea, in fact. Are you telling me there is literally no reason why I can't hug you right here, right now? Aziraphale nodded. Even with his stupid tartan mask on, Crowley could tell he wasn't just smiling, he must have been absolutely 
beaming, his eyes shimmering and crinkling in the corners. Crowley took a split second to visualize it. Actually stepping forward, eliminating the distance and taking Aziraphale in his arms. His breath caught in his chest, a lump formed in his throat and his eyes began to sting. He anxiously glanced around. There were so many people. So many fucking people. What were they all doing here? Had they forgotten there was a pandemic going on? There might actually be one reason, Crowley croaked. If I hug you, I'm definitely going to cry. I mean really cry. I want to be alone with you. We should go back to my flat. Can we run? Not if you don't want me to collapse. Can we walk fast? Yes, I can manage that. Crowley seized Aziraphale's hand and began to rush back along the path towards Soho, their arms brushing against each other. They were both laughing and crying, hopefully mostly disguised by their masks, almost tripping over their feet as they tried to make their way to the bookshop as quickly as possible. When they finally made it, Aziraphale's hands were shaking as he unlocked the door. They bustled inside and Crowley immediately tore his mask off his face and shoved it in his pocket and let Aziraphale do the same before he launched himself towards him and took him into his arms. <laughs>